Hello and thanks for checking out Heroes in Our Midst. Today it's almost like we have a return guest because, well, he's been here before. Virgin Radio host and incredible human being, Ace Burpee. Ace helped us wrap up season one by asking Dr. Adrian Leslie Toogood and I about all of our guests. He asked about the highlights, um, if anything surprised us about our guests, what we had learned from them, and more. Now, that was all about season one. And that was season one, episode 37. Today, we continue along in season two. We've hit episode 48 overall, and we asked Ace to come back. You see, while Ace is a master at highlighting the stories of others, he himself has a great life story to tell. In this time, when so many people are talking about mental health, there couldn't be a better time for Ace to share. Not because he has it all figured out, but because he too has been on a mental health journey, among other things. We just love him. I'm a huge fan, and I am just so thankful that he was willing to join us for this. Thanks, Ace, and welcome. Thank you for having me. That was fun, that uh, that time we spent together. It was good. And you two are a great team. Yeah, <laughs> great team. Well, thank you. Adrian's yeah. like really smart. <laughs> you know what? She is, uh, who was I talking about? No, I was, I was telling her, mm-hmm. I was telling Adrian. I don't know if this was on the pod or not, or whether it was before we started. I think it was, but this is now better that I get to bring it around. But she, I, I brought up the name Colleen Dufresne, right? L- legend, basketball coach, administrator. I don't know what those jobs are actually called, but I know she was awesome. And I described her as, I said, that is someone I would like to work for. And Adrian reminded me of that. I'm like, Adrian, you be the leader and, and I'll, I'll go to bat for you. You know what I mean? Like that's how she came off to me. I thought that was very interesting because it was just after, cause I have never met her. And it was just after the way I described Colleen Dufresne. And then I'm like, the more I talk to her, I'm like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. She's brilliant. We talk about anything and she's got some way to weave it into something to make it okay and make it make sense. And, you know, and that's her gift, right? That's her behind the scenes gift. And so many of our guests, Ace, have, have been born of, of Adrian's work with them and, and her knowledge already that their stories and, and who they are behind what they've done. That's what she's looked into and worked with and held them up when they needed it and, and knew what their struggles were. And they already know it's a safe space for them to, to be here because Adrian is a safe space for them. So, yeah. right. They no trust judgment. her. Yeah. Well, we, we put you in this spot, Ace, because, well, first of all, we love you. Manitoba loves you um, and beyond. If anyone ever has a chance to listen to you and hear you interact with people, the you know, everything we talk about in this podcast, um, honesty, humanity, being willing to share the, the ugly stuff and the good stuff and, and everything in between. Uh, you just personify that, I think. Well, I've seen you live. It's like, oh, that I, I feel like we know you. I feel like that's, that's who Ace Burpee is. And that's got to be super important to you, especially in a job like where you're a personality on the radio and on stage. How important, where would you rank that for you? How important it is that people know you even when you don't have a personal relationship with them? Uh, I think more so what I value and maybe not the word morals, but I think what, what I value as in that would be more important to me that that comes across as in like that. I'm not going to, no one knows everything about my life. And I, 
I, I don't think everyone needs to, <laughs> but I, I, I do think knowing what your sort of values are and hopefully that has come across over time. I, I think as a body of work, if that makes sense. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, the causes that you champion and it's not hard if you, you know, you can just Google Ace Burpee's name and we see your champion of this and champion of this. But one thing that caught my attention, of course, was your work with, with mental health. And I mean, recently you were uh, like awarded, you know, a champion of mental health award in the media thing. And I know, I mean, I could answer this for you. I know the award itself isn't that important to you, but the work that you do is that. And why is that so important to you? Why is that one of the things you champion mental health? Well, my mother has always worked in mental health. So she was 25 years at Selkirk Mental Health Center, and then a long run at the Schizophrenia Society of Manitoba. And so the topic of mental health and mental illness was never taboo in our family. It wasn't something no one talked about. I used to go on days off of school, I would go to Selkirk Mental Health Center with my mom. And I knew everyone she worked with there and and it was I never I never saw it as when the word stigma first came up uh that's the first I had thought about it because I'm like and then like even little things like I remember being a teen and like I can remember these things vividly when someone is standing on the corner of a, a street in Osborne village and there's no one around them and they're yelling to themselves and people thought that was funny. Like I, I knew very young, I'm like, well, this isn't funny and there needs to be compassion and empathy for this person. And so it's all been, I and put it this way. They, they, and I've said this to people before, but I feel more at ease talking about mental health and mental illness than a lot of other subjects. It's almost, I understand a lot of it and, and I feel very comfortable talking about it. I, I remember someone from, and it escapes me forever and that's, that's a shame, but there was an organization very early in my career that the, the per, it was a mental health organization and the, the person running it emailed me and said, I've literally never heard anyone talk about this stuff. And I wasn't doing it as a, a very, like I was talking about mental health. I don't know in what context. It wasn't an intentional, I'm going to make a point here. Yeah. It just came up. And this person said, I've never just heard someone talk about it like, like just slipping it into conversation and I'm like huh I I don't know I don't know if that's not a thing if I'm being honest and then and then yeah and so that's how it all sort of came to be I guess I think too like uh, we've talked a lot um about the whole human side of things and season one was full of athletes who are supposed to be so strong and maybe we all sort of feel like we're supposed to be so strong and I know that you've addressed this before well, I've heard you speak I've heard you speak on it when you've talked about uh, we talk about strength and weakness and how when someone, maybe this is especially relevant to 
hear from you on this during COVID. When we say our young people are isolated, all of us, so many are struggling and, and all of that. And when you get to a point where you ask for help in this department, sometimes we think, well, I'm not going to ask for help. Everyone's going to know how weak I am. And uh, yeah. I've it, heard you say those words. It's the opposite you, of that. Like my perception of you, I hold you in higher standard if you have said, listen, here's the thing. I need help or things aren't going well like that. It's one of the ultimate signs. And, and I'm not just like, I never have to say that as a shtick. I know tons of actually physically tough people, like legitimate tough people. And that's wonderful. But those one, like when asking for help is literally one of the strongest, toughest, bravest things you can do. There's no question. And I, I apply the same to, I, I know a ton of people with massive addiction issues, whether it's drugs or alcohol. And I'll never think of that person the same. I, I, I now like them more, if that makes sense. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like reverse stigma, as in, wow, that must, I know what it would have taken, right? I know what that, how hard that is. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And it is awesome when someone who is perceived as, physically dominant or strong or a, like in the one percent in the world when they say hey here's what i struggle with that only does good yeah you know i, I feel like i feel like it's not hard to sense that you sort of live your life in your public persona you know you've really used that in such a good way of course you are such a successful morning radio guy now and when you talk about radio in manitoba a lot of people go oh ace burpee but <laughs> <laughs> well, you hang around long enough you and i right eventually people are going to hear standing. you <laughs> ace how long have you been on the morning show on 103 i think it's 14 years which sounds like a ridiculous run but yeah and yeah. i mean i it's not lost on me that i am very fortunate as in so the same original co-host chrissy troy who's we're never breaking up. Like awesome. if we break up, it's because we're not doing this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. she's awesome. And then since then, two more people have come on board and we're like legitimately friends as in, I mean, you can't fake chemistry. Yeah. You will get found out. You can maybe pull it off for, I don't know how long. I have no idea, but you'll get found out. And yeah. so I'm very fortunate that I genuinely like going to work. That, yeah. And that's not lost on me that, that doesn't happen all the time. Well, no. And in the market you're in, man, 14 years, usually it's like with well, the latest, greatest, let's go, let's go, let's turn this over, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. let's keep it hopping, but you keep it hopping. How do you, how do you do that? How, why do you think you've been there so long? Well, what's been the key? Do you think, you know, oh, that's a good question. I think probably, I mean, if we didn't get along, we would have got found out a long time ago. I think that is for sure. I, I need an outlet for like, like my mind goes 24 seven. And, and so, I mean, I'm never going to run out of ideas. I'm not saying they're all going to be amazing or they're going to be amazing <laughs> forever, but I'm not going to run out of them. I know that, <laughs> you know, like I need an outlet for this stuff. And uh, I don't know, we, there were a few things, there were more than a few things that we wouldn't have known 
that we were a bit ahead of our time. And I, and I wouldn't have known to tell you that a few years ago, but just in terms of words we use or don't use, and none of that was planned nor, you know what I mean? Like there were a bunch of ways that we approached topics that you could say now, put it this way, we're very much on the right side of history. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely proud of that. Yeah. I would venture to say too, that uh, if you were just a shtick and you were just the, just the ideas and, and just the fun and just that uh, relationship and connection radio does that, right? I mean, the fact that you're willing to be human, to be exactly who you are and you don't apologize for it. If you are that people feel they really know you and they actually want to spend their mornings with you. Yeah. I think I, I, like I take that as a responsibility and then also, and this has become far more prevalent during COVID is remembering that everyone needs to be seen as in, because there are a lot of people who will never say anything about anything ever. That's not who they are. And just trying to make sure everyone feels seen. And I, I think it's become even more so of a priority as in who's talking to that person, the one who's not loud online, who doesn't have a massive friend circle, doesn't have a family. You know what I mean? Like everyone is deserving of feeling seen, I think. and. That has become more prominent, I think, in the last year. And quite honestly, I like it. I like that so much. I really do. And you're you're sort of spending your life trying to highlight other people. So today we're highlighting you. That's why we wanted to ask you in. I mean, whoever whoever asks Ace the questions. Of course, you guys ask each other the questions. So that's good. I'll tell you one thing we're extremely lucky about. What's that? We can argue and like, I don't mean like, like a massive like polarizing issue right but like we could argue so hard and it <laughs> everyone always ends up back on the same team we're very lucky that's cool that's mad respect for each other right yeah and you can feel it well the, how much you guys laugh how how healthy is that for your soul how much you yeah, guys laugh every morning it's genuinely funny and and laughing is funny isn't it well, you know what it's so interesting you bring that up because I bet you there are lots of people that have missed every joke ever, but they like that we're laughing, Yeah. which I get it. I think about applying that to other things. I'm like, of course that makes sense. As in, who cares how you got there? They're enjoying the laughter. It doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's why someone would watch a video of a baby laughing that, they don't know that baby. They don't know why the baby's laughing, but it's hilarious to them. And I'm like, yeah, laughter is good for people, even if it, they don't know how you got there. And then we feel like we're just listening in on a few friends having a conversation, which is what we love to do. It's like organized winging it. There. Awesome. That's my new term. Organized winging it. Yeah. Okay. Like we're shockingly organized, <laughs> except yeah. that the organization gets cut off on purpose before <laughs> you know everything if that makes sense. And in that lies sometimes the magic, right? And if it's a really serious conversation, true emotion can come through. And if it's funny, well, that genuine laughter, it's like catches you by surprise and off you go. 
Ace, you've arrived here. You've arrived there. Now that doesn't happen for everyone right off the hop when they get into broadcasting. In fact, who knows Ace Burpee's real story? How did he become who he is? Like, was this, were you always a, uh, you know, a talkative guy? Were you, were you destined for this job? When you were a kid, what, what, what were your passions? What, what did you like when you were little? Sports, being outside, um, making things up, whatever that may be. Like I'm a country kid, like I'm full rural. So there was, this is going to sound harsh, but I mean it in a, I, I don't think it's harsh, but like we weren't allowed TV and like it was outdoors or I don't know <laughs> what else are you going to do? No, I like outdoors, uh, sports. I like animals. I like music a lot. I'm very interested in a lot of different things. And in fact, that's only grown. Yeah. As in, I couldn't lie to you and say, when I was a kid, I was also interested in science. That would, that would be absolutely a lie. But now I am. So I've always been open to being into something. So that's what I was doing. And yes, I was very talkative and uh, social, but being in the media wouldn't have been on the list. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, for, after high school, I did phys ed at the U of M. My dad has a master's in phys ed. He used to run the YMYWCA and then YMCA of Canada. And so that was sort of just, and I'm like, well, I like sports. I mean, a lot of people have done that. And so that's what I did after school was phys ed at U of M, but I learned it wasn't the right thing. However, I have also learned later in life and this, there is literally no wasted education. And I tell kids that, and of course the teachers think are so happy that I bring it up, but it is so shockingly true as in I use things from my Fazette at the U of M, which is not even close to what I do as a career. I, you know what I mean? Like there's, mm -hmm. you can take courses in something you're never going to try and get paid in and it will pay you back at some point. It's absolute fact. I mean, even in, like I took a journalism degree and majored in writing and no, that's not what I do, but all of that stuff has paid me back in spades, mm -hmm. you know? No, for sure. And even just learning to learn. If you, if you never had an interest in learning, how would you ever do your job? hundred percent. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and the curiosity that it brings and you learn one thing and then it kind of breeds curiosity. Like you want to know more. And that's yep. exactly when you interview someone, you hear something they say and it's like, okay, well now I want to know more. So high school, what, what were your, when you were in this phys ed program, you know, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be though? Or were you, were you just, did you think you'd be a phys ed teacher or something? I did assume that okay. I would be a phys ed teacher. Yeah. So why but, was it wrong? You just didn't love it anymore? Or? Well, no. Yeah. It, it wasn't based on it. It was a love of sports and playing sports and talking about sports, <laughs> which wasn't based in any sort of reality. And you know what I mean? <laughs> As in the, the gym teacher doesn't just get to play floor hockey the whole time. I'm like, what? Well, I should have thought this through. You know, mm. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, I don't yeah. regret it. And I also even connections. I still, the years I was at U of M and Fazette, 
so many of those people that were either in that program or hanging around, uh, you've crossed path with, paths with later in life. And it's been an enormous benefit to both of us, you know? Yeah. So cool. Well, you know, it's funny because you, st- you talked about loving sports and uh, talking about sports. I'm thinking, well, there's a sports broadcaster for you right there. But uh, when did broadcasting come into the picture? Like, did it come come in pretty early? I mean, I mean, look how no. young you are and you've been doing the show for a long time. <laughs> no, you know what? It One of the better moves ever made in my life was, so I, I do this visit and I'm like, no, nah, this isn't it. And my parents weren't upset. I was like, I'm just going to travel. So I've traveled for, I don't know, years. And so I, I've been to, I don't know, probably by now, probably like 40 countries and not all in that span, but I, that was education as well as it. I'm from Cooks Creek, Manitoba, right? <laughs> we don't we don't even have a store anymore. You can't even get gas there. So then while I was traveling, this dude I knew in Oak Bank, my buddy Kevin O, he goes to school in Calgary in this journalism program. And I don't know how I ended up running into him or whatever. He's like, man, do it. And I'm like, maybe that's it. And so I just rolled the dice on that. And then, yeah, it was very fortunate, but there was no way I was starting. So after I said, this Fazed thing, this ain't it. There's no way I was finding what was it right after that. There's no way. And I don't think, I don't think kids need to worry about time as in, uh, there's no rush on this stuff. Like none, none. Nor do you have to find it as in it, your work doesn't have to define who you are. You, there's right. Like all the other things you want to do that are truly you, those don't have to go away. It, it doesn't have to be what you do for a living for it to, you know, to be your thing. Yeah. Well, and you find also often people find their thing or they think it's their thing. And then 10 years later, they find another thing. Yeah. Or it's something else or it led them to a different path. And so you think really, we stress so much about, you know, this young person finding the program and getting into it and, and, uh, okay. So how long, so you did the journalism thing. Was that yeah. right after this or after you're traveling? Like how, you know, yeah, that was after a few years of yeah. ripping around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. The it world is. is fascinating. So journalism, you went into that then was there, was there an end plan on that one? No, but I knew in my heart of hearts, I wouldn't have said this publicly because I come from a family where like we didn't even celebrate goals in hockey. You know what I mean? Like keep your arms down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm like, realistically, I'm like, I just need a foot in the door is what I honestly thought. And I'm like, I'm not afraid whatsoever of hardware. I'm not afraid of anything as in I'll do whatever. None of it's going to throw me off. And so I was like, I just need a, foot in the door somewhere and so I got that at uh at CJOB I used to I think I filled in on a mat leave as like a practicum thing like a job placement and then never left and then so I used to write commercials and then I did promotions and then there was a guy running it at the time and he was awesome and his name was Vic Grant and he gave me like a talk show and you know what he you know how it all came to be it's pretty I think it's neat. He's like, he's like, you're always like 
telling stories about Cook's Creek and your dog and chickens. And he's like, and then he's like, he's like, also, is that really how you talk? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. He's like, I don't think he remembers that part. I'd like to ask him, but because he wasn't the only one who, and I don't know what whether we have a like a Cook's Creek Oak Bank accent or whatever, but he's like, is that really how you talk? And I'm like, yeah, man. And so I had a little talk show on CGOB. It was horrendous. I was terrible, but it was, yeah. And all of it was from like, I would say yes to things that I didn't know how to do and then scramble and try and figure it out. As in, I'm like, I'm going to make something happen here. And if it fails miserably, oh, well, that was awesome. That's hilarious. What, what, like what time slot was it? I mean, I can tell you a lot about it and all of it's embarrassing. However, I like embarrassing, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Here's what I was trying to do. And this is a good lesson for literally everyone. So I was in my 20s. I wanted this show to be cool. Right. Okay. So I'm not cool by nature, as in I'm not blessed with some sort of that guy's cool. Right. Like you can you're allowed to think I'm cool. But if you did, it's because I wasn't trying. to. Be. Does that make sense? Yeah. So my mistake, if I made one, was like I was trying to be cool, as in I'm going to be like, it's going to be like an interesting blend of pop culture and fascinating stories, but I'm going to look cool. And <laughs> that was my that was my downfall. But then some of this, I mean, I don't know. I was just trying to like find interesting people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, but I, the best part about the show was the reason it was canceled mm-hmm. is because it was replaced by an infomercial about mattresses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad move. This mattress guy, he sounds, he sounds all right. <laughs> so I, think, yeah. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so your show, your show gets canceled. The mattresses took your place. Yeah. Uh, where did you go from there? How did you I, continue on? I started doing weekends at Power 97. By the way, the talk show, this is the worst indictment of me trying to be cool. It okay. was called The Edge. Like The Edge of what? This guy's an idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's actually the only part I'm embarrassed about. Uh, the name. The, the name. I, I'm like... <laughs> It's funny that I tried to be cool. I, th- I I got no problem with failing trying to be cool. That's funny, at least. <laughs> but there's no excusing. Welcome to the edge. Really? Because I'm shutting it off. This guy sucks. <laughs> is what I would have said if I heard. Anyway, <laughs> so the edge, short-lived, but. You, you know, have to start uh, somewhere. Yeah, that was fun. This guy there who was like, uh, you know, I think I really only had ever two champions. No, three. This Vic Grant. Mm-hmm. There's this guy, Steve. So one of the bizarre advantages I had is I was pure naivety, as in I didn't grow up on this stuff. I couldn't name anyone who did it. No offense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing. My mom, my mom only thought that there was amcbc that's it <laughs> that's it <laughs> we were right and then cjob for jet games that was it the, nothing else existed and so i had no i had nothing i was trying to be and this hmm. steve guy 
didn't try and push it in one way. He yeah. was also one of those, is that how you talk guys? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man. And then from there, it was this general manager uh, named Sharon Taylor, who she was my general manager at when they asked me to do mornings at 103. And she was also, I don't need uh, a push. I just need someone to have my back. And mm -hmm. those three people I remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need to tell me to work hard. You don't need to, you know what I mean? I will hustle. Yeah. Like, oh, awesome. <laughs> I just need someone to have my back, yeah. basically. And yeah. when, when it is time to say, do this, not that, I will do that because you've been a supporter, if that makes sense. And then you got on mornings on 103, and that was quite some time ago. Now, when you started doing the mornings, I mean, do you remember your first morning? Yeah, I remember it was only the technical side that I was scared of. And so I remember that not being fun. But I, I, I also was not concerned with how it went as in I was just happy to be there and let's let her rip and you know what I mean yeah and yeah. like tons of people hated it some people liked it and that's how it's been ever since <laughs> you know what I mean like well, when you put yourself out there that's what that's what you're up against right yeah I mean pre-internet trolls is a better time to start mm -hmm. right if I had started now I would get lit up Right. And then you would second guess absolutely everything. Yeah. You, you really would. You yeah. can be a very strong person, but you're going to second guess a lot of stuff. If you start something now and you get lit up online, you're going to go, oh, so, yeah, that's fortunate for sure. For sure. And I mean, and then uh, you said you were with Chrissy right from the start. Was she there before you or did you guys start at the same no, time? No, we met. She was at she would do like this overnight thing on power 97 and i mean we're both super rural and yeah. and we were friends from the beginning and she would talk about the farm and i'd talk about cook's creek and same thing with like she's not afraid of work she's not afraid you know what i mean like yeah. we, we had a whole bunch of stuff you couldn't teach i think as you went and I mean, you talk about people now who can say anything they want and there's always, there's always, no matter what you do in your profession, there are always people who like you and people who don't. That's just how yeah. it is. That is just oh, how yeah. it is. That's why, that's why there are different radio stations. That's where there's different genres. You know, if you really don't like it, you can go over there. And so, but is that the hardest thing? Like what's challenging about what you do? Are there oh. things that, that happen in your day? You go, this is hard. Yeah. I mean, that part sucks. Yeah. Right. Like I can pretend it doesn't bother me, but that would be a lie. As in, you could send me 20 nice things, but people only remember the one bad one. Most people yeah. do. Yeah. And, uh, and then people, you know, people have been very, here's some things that are the worst is a bomber game or a Jets game. People will say, like, I would never do this. I would never talk about this on my show because you're going to get accused of using it for sympathy when if I would rather put the attention on someone else who needs sympathy. But like people will literally say to your face after a few beers, like the things people have said to me, it's wild. Like, I mean, there's bomber games where i'm like that guy's for sure gonna follow through it on his i'm gonna punch you in the face you know what i mean like yeah. I'm like and i'm not even doing it i'm just standing there and i'm like 
this is the worst. So those sort of things, I have taken a lot of enjoyment out of certain things. There's no question. Mm -hmm. It's not all right. Like, and I'm not, I'm not naive and I'm also super self self-aware as in there are tons of people who just by me being who I am are mm -hmm. going to find me super annoying. And that's the way life is. Right. But yeah. some aren't so afraid to say it. And I'm like, this isn't good. I can't enjoy this. I can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's lots of things I haven't done that I used to do, if that makes sense. It only brings me anxiety, no joy whatsoever, you know, but I guess that's the way it goes. Well, there's pros and cons to everything we do, sure. although being in the public eye like you are, and it's usually those that have a negative thing to say that are going to say it. There's probably a thousand people that have nice things and they're loving it every day, but they don't really put it into practice. So this might be a good time to tell people, hey, if you like it, let me know. You know, <laughs> why don't the people who love something say it more often? I think that's a great lesson in life. And even if someone comes off as super confident, no one's a hundred all the time. It's not even close. I, I beat myself up all the time yep. and like, it can be one little mistake. You know what I mean? Like I could have crushed it in the morning or at an event, but no, no one's it, <laughs> That's all fake. The, the people who are presenting themselves as literally mega confident and not vulnerable to any of you that there's no chance that's not who people are there's none none and you know what is knowing that helps you deal with those things as in i got one the other morning i you know what i was telling my girlfriend this the other day also named michelle and you know i said so i had done what i would consider everything right okay i had all these jobs to do like this ridiculous list I did every one of these jobs to perfection, okay? Then I worked out. Then I phoned my mom and dad. Okay, so all the things that should make life great, right? Yep. So everything, if you had said grade yourself right now, I would have said an A plus, okay? <laughs> and then for whatever reason, I opened my phone and there is the nastiest message, okay? And so knowing that that's, what people are like can help with that. So in that moment, because I was riding so high, right? And I didn't want to come down, right? It's so when you get those messages when you're down, that can be mega dangerous. But I was like, well, let's think. I don't know what happened to that person today. It could have been brutal. It could have, they just got let go from their job. I don't know. So I'm going to package that all together. And I'm going to take the L on this one. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you just don't know. And it's hard to remember that all the time. I do a poor job of it. But to always have that, at least in your back pocket, and you may not work all the time, but I don't know. Gets you up the next morning, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You talked about having, you know, sort of a, you just even just touched on it. You talked about having a great event. Now that events is something that I think is, been a huge part of your life before COVID hit. And, and we talked about this earlier and you do so many events like you, or you have like when, when it was the world of events, you know, yeah. why did you say yes to so many? Did you, do you, did you feel called to do that? Did you, you know, like, what do you love about it? And what was the, the motor behind that for you, Ace, that kept you going um, all these things? I know the nonprofit world extremely well. Mm -hmm. 
And so if an organization thinks that you can help them in some way, that's pretty amazing. It's the same reason I put no priority on a, like, I don't choose a 1000 person event over a 100 person event. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I put equal importance on both of them. And I've learned a lot, a ton about life from those events where the people working the hardest and volunteering their time the most are quite often the people who come from what would be perceived as the least. And that's awesome. And it sort of offers you perspective and appreciation for people. And then this might be super nerdy, but I like the, the prep behind it because for sure at the very least I'm going to know something I didn't know before. So mm. at all those things, whatever it may be, whether it's 50 people, a hundred people or a thousand people, I will show up extremely prepared yeah. at all of those things. That has always been one thing that's like, I don't know that not everyone does that, by the way. Shocking. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> they show up and go, so what's this all about? And I go, your amateur hour, which by the way, is where I come from. Massive insult. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've learned totally. a lot from the hosting of events. And it's I find it very kind of them to ask, to be yeah. honest with you. I think it's neat. That's why you get so many requests because that shines through. Absolutely. Uh, now, how have you been, Ace, with COVID? I know when, if you're used to being on stage and you're used to being at events and people all around you, I mean, um, how have you felt during COVID when all of that has come to a halt? We can't get together with big groups of people. That's the one thing for sure we're not really, that's really been shut down. And it's hard for some of us as extroverts and as people who are something we did, and you did so much. Have you missed it? How has that affected you? And what have you filled your time with? Um, all good questions. Oddly enough, I don't think I'm an extro- extrovert. Yeah. I'm all or nothing. As in, I will be at that live event and I will give you literally everything I have. But once it's over, I want to be around nobody. Ah. So I don't know. I don't know what that is, but uh, I, I think that I'm way healthier <laughs> than I. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, like eating well and sleeping and working out when you don't have to go out a bunch of nights of the week and the weekend and then still get get up at four. Like that's super bad for you. I never even realized it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't because it was just like, go, 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 go. And so I had no time to stop and think about that. And then I've also been for sure more productive as in, whether it is personal things or professional things, I have absolutely been more productive, but it's simply because of time as in, I would let like, so it, we're doing, we're speaking right now. It's a Tuesday Yep. in, in pre COVID times, I would let the, th- the fact that I have something on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, I would let that dominate today. You know what I mean? Like right now talking to you, I'm literally nowhere else but here. But in my in my personal life, that would somehow hijack a Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon. Even do you know what I mean? Totally. Like I I I want to do a good job so badly. And even though I I know I'm going to because I'm going to I don't know. There's there's something 
that that messed with. And so therefore, what did I do on those days leading up to it in the afternoon, either personally or professionally? Well, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. There's, there's all these things that have been revealed mm. by this pandemic. A lot of them bad. Some of them offer some hope, I think. Yeah. That's the yeah. truth. And maybe that more time has allowed all of us to be more present in the moment, right? And then you can really get the full value of of the things we're doing because there just maybe aren't quite so many. Ace, is there? Do you do you want more? Like broadcasting wise, some might suggest, you know, ooh, bigger city. What what keeps you here in Manitoba? What keeps you doing what you are doing right now that you are loving? Well, it's I've always, I always, always, always you could trace this back to when I was probably five years old but I am and I am only an underdog guy as in I want to be around associated and fighting for the underdog so I have been offered amazing jobs I bet and but I'm like I know what a lot of people think of Winnipeg and so I'm going to stay and fight with the underdog. And that's sort of the whole thing, if you want the truth, yeah. is, is it's a massive part of my identity. Everything growing up, it's all, it all weaves its way together, as in we never had the nicest anything. We, it, it all just, it, it was all, none of it was, intentional or planned but it's like it's like my when I was a kid I knew that nobody liked the Jets <laughs> I did like I know what people else you know what I mean yeah. I'm like yo we're the underdog those are my people that's how mm-hmm. I roll that's why I'm here there's been like I like other places as in I would prefer to do what I do here, but like I thought about, like my dad's from New Brunswick. I feel very at home in New Brunswick. People, there's actually burpee stuff in New Brunswick. That's the only place you find it. And so that would have been appealing to me because I would also consider that a bit underdog. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But yeah, so there's lots of places I think I could live. I would prefer to do this here though. I love that. That's amazing. You know, and, and I, I think that has, has come up in conversations that I've had with people who always, always want more or always are never satisfied with where they are or, you know, and, and I, you know, what rings for me is we, we know you ACE, you could be, I guess, more known, but would you be like, would we know you or would just more right, people, right. would more people know you or would you be more known? And right. uh, I think we know who you are. We love that you fight for the underdog. We love that. You know, um, every time a rural Manitoban, you know, shows up on Hot 103, you know, the rest of us who live out in rural Manitoba, right. like, yeah, they wouldn't even be there if it weren't for Ace Burpee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could talk about a million things, uh, but we've got some rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite sound? Love wind. I love wind. However, you would probably not peg me as this but I can literally shoot baskets 
for hours by myself and actually be happy. So the sound that lots of people know, which is a true swish where there's no rip. I love that sound. And it's such a banger, right? When you just smash one. I love that. Like, love that. Awesome. So I'm going to go with those two sounds. What does being unapologetically human mean to you? And why is this important? I think just like this was at the very beginning, but you were like, do people think they know who you are or whatever? And hopefully they knew anything it was be, would be like what I value. And, mm. and I think that's important. And knowing in your heart what you feel about certain things, you know, like I know what I feel about most things and I am happy how I feel about most things. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And you're not sorry for it. You don't apologize for it. No. Love it. Uh, this is funny because sometimes we ask this question of our guests and this is the question that stumps a lot of our guests and it's funny. Oh, yeah? yeah. Because it's, what is something funny that has happened to you? Do you have a favorite crazy story? I feel like you'd have to think of through like about 5,000 crazy stories. Actually, one thing I'm curious about, and it's not one of our questions, but maybe we'll make it. So do you remember when you laughed the hardest on your show? Yeah. Or I don't know, or Chrissy just fell off her chair because she couldn't even handle it or LTI or I don't know. Yeah, I do. And it wasn't even a, I do. I remember she was like, I think she was injured and it wasn't even like a joke per se. Actually, I can't believe this popped into my head. She would remember it like it was yesterday. I was telling a story about my mom. Okay. I'm like something about my mom. And then I'm like, yeah, but then uh, also she's like singing in a choir or something on uh, Christmas Eve, I say. Okay. Right. And Chrissy goes, Oh my gosh, I don't even know if this is funny. If you don't find it funny, that's okay. Everyone. She goes, Wow. What can't your mom do? And I go, Pole vault. <laughs> and she lost it. And it was almost like I was waiting for someone to ask me my whole life because I said pole vault so quickly. And <laughs> I don't even know why or where that popped into my head, but <laughs> that, she was like, her ribs were sore. It was like, what can't your mom do? And I said, pole vault, which I, is probably true. That's <laughs> probably the correct answer. It's not even a joke. You're just asking me literally, what can't my mother do? Well, there's an example. Pole vault, <laughs> not even funny. <laughs> but when it but hits in you- In terms the- of like ridiculous stories, you started with that. Yeah. I have a, I used to say when we'd be at like parties, like out in Springfield or whatever, I'm like, if I was trying to get a bad idea going, my justification to whoever for me having a horrendous idea was, listen, whoever dies with the most stories wins. (laughs) And I've always thought of that. I'm like, somehow I made it a competition that you have to have ridiculous stories in life. But I, I've thought about, this is how awful I, this is how reverse, what's the opposite of having a massive ego? This is whatever the opposite of that is. This right. is how I do the, op. I think I could write a book that would be full of some really, really interesting stories. But for whatever reason, in this current climate, my big concern is that I'm going to be perceived as 
I think I'm worthy of me telling you stories that are about me. That's how, isn't that awful? I don't want to live like that. But every time I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write all these stories down. They're ridiculous. And then I'm like, nah, people are going to go like, I don't know why. I don't even want to live like that, but maybe I'll change. I don't know. I was in an elevator once with Jean Chrétien and Jay-Z. I mean, what are we doing here? No way. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got stories. I got wild stories. I went to the World Cup of soccer in Russia. I was racking up stories. I mean, I got stories. Listen, a lot of athletes have been on this podcast. Have yep. any of them, have any of them been to, ready? The Canadian National Track and Field Championships. Okay. Okay. And in the 100 meter, me, ball started three times, went home. Boom. Has anyone done that? I don't think so. That's hard to do. Yeah, you were supposed to be two, but somehow I got a reprieve. I'm like, oh, I live to see another day. Because I think they charged one to this other kid. It wasn't him. Okay. So I got this reprieve. I'm like, look at this. This is destiny. Did it again. Went home. Boom. That's a crazy story. I got lost. That's a crazy story. Not a ton of them end with me winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then here's your next question. What does hope mean to you? Well, I mean, I have seen and I know countless people who have been in horrendous positions and here they are still Mm -hmm. standing and that is massive i mean you you can take an awful situation and times it by 10 and they're literally still standing and i know so many of them and they are the best and i love them And if that puts them in the underdog category, perhaps maybe that's why I love them so much. But that is hope. I I mean, I'm talking being dealt the worst hand. And here they are. So cool. What What is your biggest takeaway from the great pause that COVID has created? That ideally... We need to start by being a little bit better to ourselves because huge shock, that means we're better to other people, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's actually not that complicated, but be kind to yourself, look after yourself. All right. Now what, you know, like, uh, like when you, like I, I, you, I have been way more productive Mm -hmm. yet. I, the, it's not a fluke that that also happens to coincide with me looking after myself much better. Right. Like that, there's no way that's fluke. Yeah. There's just no way. Yeah. And that also one would hope that we come away with this with a bit more empathy because there were things exposed that one previously, like some people previously wouldn't have thought about whether it's food insecurity, whether it's loneliness, whether, you know, like all these, there, 
there were a lot of things that a lot of our world was taking for granted. How about that? That for sure. There's no question. We got exposed hard yeah. and rightly so. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Who is the bravest leader you know? Why is that? And what elements of humanness do they display and allow others to display? That is an interesting one. Um, neither of my parents were ever going to be famous for what they did, mm -hmm. but everything they did was advocating for a better life for someone else. And they were never going to get glory. They were never going to be rich. They just all these little things look looking at how can we make this like in my dad's case how can we make this activity or program for everybody not just those that can easily do this one thing in my mom's case it was is this person obviously needs help with their mental health and how can i improve their life and and so my mom and dad for sure and then you know what? I, th this one pops into my head just because I think I need a recent one. But uh, my friend Sam Trubick, she is uh, she's responsible for Manitoba being the first province to recognize dwarfism as, in Dwarfism Awareness Day. And she so you said, like, you want to talk unapologetically herself and no fear. She was the one who said. Hey, listen, hockey, basketball, can, can you consider dropping midget as the term for 15 to 17 year olds? She was the one. So you know what's going to happen when she puts that out there with her name attached, right? There are going to be, people are going to say awful things because it's change, right? It's right. change yep. and it involves not only just sport, it involved hockey, right? So she's taking on something that you don't change anything ever, yeah. right? And the word midget is gone from hockey. And this was just like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And I'm like, and I had talked to her during this process. And I'm like, you are going to see or hear some things. I'm like, but you're on the right side of history. And so I'm going to say Sam Trubick because she's awesome. That's so awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Okay. Name a couple people. And you met, you talked about your parents already. I'm sure they would be on this list, but uh, who are two or three people who influenced you and how did they impact your life? But I think my sister's underrated. My sister is a dancer, like contemporary dance, modern dance. She is arguably, this would be me saying this, but then I also have the receipts to prove it. She would be devastated, but she's probably the best ever. She yeah. lives in Toronto and she's a bit of a legend in that scene, which is obviously a fairly niche uh, scene, but she's, um, she chose that path. Like that's what she, that was it. She's doing that. Is this going to make her rich and famous? Nope. <laughs> but this is what she was meant to do. And I think that that's awesome. And she said once, uh, I don't know whether it was, written somewhere or whatever she's like there's only one true success and that's to live life in your own way and i'm like i wonder if she remembers that because she actually did it you know yeah my sister's cool Susie, she's awesome um and then who else 
This is pretty random. Okay. I'll give you two. Okay. So the short one's going to be Maurice the Rocket Richard, as in the expectations of carrying being the face of what he had to be the face of at, in those times was awesome. And then uh, I don't know when this happened. It might have been when I, I was in my teens. I don't know, just that he was ahead of his time. And uh, that's Tom Longboat, the long-distance runner, who back in the day, he'd run a marathon and then not do anything for five days, and people called him lazy. And all these years later, everyone's like, oh, turns out rest is good for athletes. He was a long-distance runner. It, there's a there's a book about him reclaiming him, and it, it it's awesome. Anyway, I I've always loved that guy. And then Terry Fox would also be on that list. Just incredible humans, right? And and they yeah. did incredible things, but inside of what they did was just so strong and so who they were, and they did what they wanted to do. And your sister is such an amazing example. I love that. I love that you hold your sibling in such high esteem. And and uh, man, it grounds you for sure. And you know, Ace, you're, you're a hero to so many of us and yeah, you're great on the radio. We love you and you're great at what you do, but it's because of who you are unapologetically Ace Burpee. And uh, this has been absolutely a thrill for me uh, as a fellow radio person. I am honored that I got to interview you and have and invite you to our show. That's really That's cool. Fun. You made me feel very comfortable. Ace Burpee, what a difference maker in every community that he enters. He has touched so many lives and is on a mission to continue to do so. You've inspired us today, Ace, and man, we hope you'll come back and help us wrap up season two. And and I know we'll look back on this conversation with fond memories and that you've made a difference in our series of heroes in our midst. If you like today's story, you like the concept, well, then you're going to love all of our stories because they're all about humans, incredible humans that are unapologetic about exactly who they are and how they are journeying through life. You can find us, uh, heroesinourmidst.ca, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, like us, share, and come back to join us again. Thanks.